one year I kind of got an idea, you know, I almost tried trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan, this is what you do. Trappers love game trappers in a positive light. I'm gonna ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Perfect and Game Magazine. Instruction from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon ads. Two information, trapping radios. We are trappers and ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. Alright, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet that's working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got variables to change the characters, you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the first end. This is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. We are brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. K-A-A-T-C-B-R-O-S dot com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. And get your trapping supplies while you can, guys. Prices are going up. So check out Cotsbrothers.com for the best deals and service in the trapping industry. We're also brought to you by Onyx Maps. Use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. Mark trap locations, run tracks, get landowner information, and scout the latest aerial imagery. Incredible tool, and you get the chance to get 20% off. Great discount there by using the promo code TRAP, T-R-A-P. Go to onxmaps.com, use the code TRAP when you make your first purchase and you get that 20% off. Finally, Moyle Mink and Tannery, the professionals, the place to go to get your fur tanned. Whether you want to have a couple of wall hangers, preserve some of those memories, save some of the first animals that you caught, or if you want to explore alternative markets and make things out of your fur, Moyle is the place to go. They're a family-run business. They've been in this game for decades. They do an incredible job at a very reasonable price. Moyle.net, M-O-Y-L-E.net. Check them out. And send. you can use their online customer portal to get your fur sent to them. And let them know, uh, thank you for supporting the podcast. Info at Moyle.net, I-N-F-O at Moyle.net. All right, guys, this is uh, the end of trapping season here in Maine. So uh, I'm just kind of getting together the last of my beaver pelts and getting beaver pelts out of the freezer and fleshing and boarding the the last few. So uh, just kind of winding down. It was, it was good. It was fun. Uh, it always is, especially when you don't put too much pressure on yourself to, to work too hard, just try to enjoy things it, it really seems to work out nicely so anyway i got uh billy thompson tonight part two of our sit down conversation we had a couple weeks ago talking spring beaver trapping we talked all kinds of other things related to main trapping he's a he's a, an older trapper that's real passionate about about uh about everything that he does so it was he's a good person to sit down and talk with i have fun i really enjoy it and uh, he uh, is not really one to brag, but he and a partner, I don't even know if they want me to say anything about this, but they actually broke 400 beaver this spring. 
<laughs> up here. So uh, pretty spectacular. That's on top of some beavers that he trapped uh, in the wintertime closer to home. So uh, they're, you know, full-time uh, up every morning, first thing in the morning, running traps, running 80, 90, 100 traps, uh, covering miles upon miles upon miles. It's just super, super hard worker, and uh, it really shows in the results. So had a fun time just kind of checking in every couple of days and seeing how how they were doing and, and getting updated on progress and everything. So it's over, though. This is uh, summer's coming, and I know a lot of you guys are probably, a lot of guys have probably dropped off, not, not uh, listening now that we're outside of the trapping season. Thanks for those of you who are sticking around. Uh, but I know a lot of our minds are on different things this time of year. I know I am. I have. I have a bunch of other things to catch up on and stay caught up on this summer. So uh, I'm going to do my best, though. Keep on going. I keep thinking about maybe taking a break. I haven't. I haven't done a week off of this podcast since I started. I think um, a couple of years ago. So we're 100 and oh, nearly 180 episodes, I believe. And uh, it's been quite a streak, so I don't really want to give that up. But uh, I thought about it. Thought about maybe maybe taking taking a month off just uh, in the middle of the summer to focus on other things. But uh, if I can manage it, I'm going to uh, try to continue every week. We'll see how it goes. So uh, a couple of well, I don't really have much to announce actually. I want to remind people we have the trapping today coffee mugs in stock. Those are on the store, trappingtodaystore.com, and you can you can pick those up. I I have a um, a, a much improved method of shipping those to make sure that you don't get any any chance of getting one cracked. I I only had issues with uh, with two of them, but still, you know, it's it's not worth it. I I it really frustrated me to uh, to to have that um, have those things get broken up in shipment. So anyway, the this. The, the way this packaging is made, you could throw that thing up against the wall and it's not going to break the glass. So it's good. Uh, I also got Mustella t-shirts, as you're probably aware of. Somebody bought some lure this week. I thought everybody was done, but a few people have been buying uh, the last month or so, I think just stocking up for next year. That is available, most of it. Some of it sold out, but the long distance call is still available along with some other lure. And... Yeah, got, there's probably a few other things on there. Got tan furs. I haven't mentioned much about my tan furs. Got them back from oil, and I have a bunch of those listed. I've got martin pelts, coyote pelts. Uh, may, I think I have one beaver left. And uh, check those out if you're interested in a wall hanger or something to work on some some fur craft crafting with. And finally, uh, I have been notified by my friend Josh Fisher up in Alaska that he just shipped a couple of surprise items to go up on the Trapping Today store. So I know it's the middle of summer and no one's probably thinking about uh, winter time and and winter wear. However, there are a couple of pairs of beaver mitts, gauntlets, and uh, a hat. I think it's a beaver hat. So I am going to look those over and decide what I'm going to charge for them, and I'll probably put them up on the store. So these are furs. These are things that Josh sewed by hand with um, with my uh, furs that I caught up here in northern Maine and had tanned at Moyles and sent over to Josh. 
and uh, he sewed them up and and from the pictures they look pretty awesome really awesome so i'm excited to get them back and see what they look like if you do want a pair there's only two pairs of mitts and and a hat so if you're interested email me jrodwood at gmail.com j-r-o-d-w-o-o-d at gmail.com and uh, let me know before i put them up on the store or as i put them up i can let you know so uh, you have a chance uh, to to purchase uh, one of those all right well i think that's it for tonight so let's get into the episode and you're high grading i'm high grading <laughs> and that helped last year because yeah. they were good beaver yeah and large you know and uh, hey i just can't there's something in me that i just can't I had a hard job last year doing it until I figured it out that that's the way to do it. It is, but I, you know, to cut the caster and oil sacks out and toss it. Of course, you tag it. You got to tag it, but yeah, I now what got me? They're making us tag these beaver that we're gonna just throw away. Yeah, I think they just, they want to keep track of how many. He's but they're gonna litter the woods with plastic tags. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully, maybe he'll... Maybe Probably he'll they'll have the tag number and bring them back to you and get you for littering. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Just have Jeff register them all. They're tagged in Jeff's name, so... But, yeah, I mean, it, there's something that... I'm not, I'm not the guy that will pick stuff out of the dump, necessarily, but I just hate to see things waste. Mm, me too. I've got, I've got small beaver. I even did those kits. I caught a couple of kits and I got some chewed up ones with five, six bite marks on them. I did those. I just, and I bet they were a hatter. Yeah. It's not worth my time, but I just. You can sell them for $6 a pound right now, the hatters. But Which, it, they, it ain't a lot, but it's better than throwing it away. Yeah. And most of the. The ones that I've had, most of the bite marks seem to be in the belly and near the like the high, the rear legs. Yeah, they're kicking them out of the. So the ones like if you go like the really best, the best fur down the center of the back, all the way down. Not now. What do you mean? The Chinese want the belly fur. That's why they're thinking about. And I, I was thinking of doing a few and case skin them. Yeah. So they get the whole oh, belly so and the whole, the whole back. So what do they want them for? The hats. Okay. They love that belly fur because really? it resembles muskrat. Oh. And by cutting them up the middle, you ruin a lot of that. Right. You lo- you lose half the area. Yeah. yeah. You you get a lot, but still it could be yep. utilized better if they got a big piece. Right. <laughs> you just, just cut it on each side. Well, I, I say go up to hind legs like a coon. Yeah. And bring that all right down over the back and the front. I've done some before and taken them to over to Neil and told him, look us on a small beaver. Yeah. Look at the size of muskrat. muskrat. <laughs> and he, he threw it in the trash because they didn't want it. <laughs> but I think they wanted him, Grinwall's talking about cutting them up the middle of the back. Well, then you're ruining yeah. that piece of fur too. So my thought is, don't. The ones I'm sending to get tanned are going to be mitts. Mm. You know, they're going to be gloves. And so that back fur is the most valuable, that oh. long guard hair. Yeah. And, and so if most of the bite marks are on the belly, then even if I get a damaged beaver that someone's only going to pay 
five dollars for it xxl i can send it to get tan and still make a, a pair of mitts off you it. can you can cut it so that you can cut that right out of it yeah. i get a friend that that is doing is sewing and it's a good thing because i could never do it but he's getting pretty good at it he's making he's been making some he's got it he's got some of my beaver pelts from this winter up in alaska right now and he's working on them so i'm excited to see that's what you need you need see that that a lot of guys won't look for other markets but like this fall i sold to those taxidermists yep and boy that was super for the money we got yeah it's better than any of the fur prices we've had in years and didn't have to skin hopefully these order i've been skinning them for taxidermy and hopefully he'll buy them so when you say skin for taxidermy how do you do that do what how do you skin for taxidermy you cut on the inside of the leg so that when they sew that up down to the tail and then straight down the tail like you always do but up in the front feet you you cut a little bit down the you know on the inside of the leg each one mm-hmm. so you can peel that down to cut the save the feet mm-hmm. so that it all goes on yeah and then you got to be real careful about the lips and the eyes so the feet do you you leave I leave that for them to do Okay, so you're just leaving the whole meat and yep. everything from everything's the in the okay, feet. So you you cut it off at the joint like yep. the wrist joint. Right at the joint. Okay. So cuz cuz if you were like for them, they're going to have to skin all that out. Yeah, but uh, I'm doing half of the work for them because yep. and you're freezing it. Freezing so. it. Hopefully it'll go. Yeah. Yeah, the only, the thing that always worries me about taxidermy is that it's so easy to flood the market, but hopefully there's not. Well, there's a lot of taxidermists out there, but it's a big, big country. Yep, to, yeah, that's right. In a lot of places, they don't have as many otters as well. Well, they have. don't have the otter Martin, in a lot of Martin places. Martin and Fisher. And the Martin and Fisher. And we're lucky that we do because those are the three items that they love to tan and do mounts. Yeah. Somebody can have something different. Yeah, right. Hopefully it works out. And the other thing this guy wants next year is red squirrel. Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. I did too. And they wanted our off-colored weasels. Ermine. Like the ones that are changing? Like the gray ones? Those that are in between. Oh, I, I could get them lots of them. Well, that's, <laughs> I, I saved them the good white ones. <laughs> and I said, they'll never want them things. <laughs> but that's right? the ones I wanted. Wow. I probably Something got different. a couple of them in my freezer right Something now. Something different. Yeah. Yeah, they look pretty cool. They're gray. Oh, yeah. And the, see, it's something different. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, save those off-colored ones, those half and half. Yeah. Huh. I got $8 for my weasel, though, the, even the white ones. Yeah. That's a pretty good freeze them whole didn't have to skin them short tails they bought both short and long they like a mixture yeah they probably have different size forms and stuff oh yeah but you know the guy that i used to buy for for the last of it he knows a lot of this stuff that goes on 
And you know what the, he thinks they're doing with the smaller animals is freeze drying them. They're not skinning them. Because they have a method now to freeze dry it, yep. put them in shape, done. I don't know how that works. I've heard of that. Yep. And, but it sounds a lot easier than... <laughs> he said they got to be because... That's you a small skin a squirrel oh. or a ermine as small as they are on the eyes and stuff. If you can freeze dry them and get them in the shape you want and then freeze them and it comes out, boy, what a... <laughs> Save you so can much. mass produce some stuff. Yeah. So this guy, he might have a list of people that, hey, it'd be kind of cool to have a Martin pelt yeah. or Martin taxidermy. Yeah. And then he just, or or maybe he's just making some and he probably puts them out on video or or on the YouTube or whatever, markets them and yeah. A lot of guys doing that. So it's got to be a market. Yeah, it's got to be. Right now. That's right. Yeah, that's the big thing is when they get the first big shipment, do they come back? That is the question. Yeah. And I guess we'll find out. Everything this. is what the people want to buy. Like the women. If they want to wear mink, mink is worth money. If they want long hair, fox and coyote goes up. Yeah. If they don't want fur at all, we're in trouble. You're going to be in trouble because a lot of the younger girls won't wear fur because they've seen so much of bad about killing fur that they don't understand the whole process. Yeah. I think. The one. The a, lot one. Of, a lot of teachers teach the bad things of doing away or the good things of doing away, you know? But they don't show both sides. That's right. And that's that's the thing you got to understand is, yes, we kill animals. Yeah. And it's not... It's I've always not, said, you put every high school student on a farm for six months before they graduate and they'd see how the world is That's a good living. idea. And they should have to do that so they know how things are raised and why you kill chickens, why you kill pigs. These kids in the city don't even know where McDonald's hamburger comes from. They have no clue, most of them, that they had to kill a... Well, now they don't. They're making it out of vegetables <laughs> and They're stuff. getting around that now. Yeah. yeah impossible burger. That's scary. Yeah, that is scary. But it's oh. amazing how many kids so don't understand the whole aspects of life. Just population dynamics yep. and the, the fact We've lost that. that because over the years, families are broke up more now, and the kids are left to look after themselves, I think. Yeah. And we were lucky being, at my age, the family stayed together, and the grandmothers taught the, the uh, grandchildren their ways of life how to make things and why you do things. Yeah. And you don't see much of that anymore. No, you don't. No, they get they learn from the TV. Mm. Yeah. Everything is on TV or the movies yeah. or now on the computers. The phones, yeah. But you they they need to understand or they, or they should understand at some point that 
um, you can't just let these animals reproduce and uh, go out of control without some level of, of population management. Think of the road kills they'll be. They'll be splattered over the highways everywhere. It's like Charlie always says, there's there's a certain amount of animals that are going to get killed every year. You decide how it's going to happen. <laughs> right. You're going to trap some and put the fur to good use, or you're going to have them die of starvation, disease, and roadkill. One, one thing about this epidemic, people have gotten outside more in the winter, and they've started to buy a little fur, and they see how warm it really is. Oh, yeah. There's a company up in Canada, and I've been looking into this because I'm kind of interested in it, and they're making hand warmers out mm-hmm. of fur. Mm-hmm. And all it is is a patch of beaver meat, about or beaver fur, about that size, yeah. and they stick that inside their glove. And they're getting like 50 bucks a pair. And people are leaving reviews on this website, and they said, it is the warmest thing. It is unbelievable. And they say, it's... It's not. It's reusable, like those hand warmers that you buy. That's right. You got to throw them out, and you keep get it. You're hard on the environment because they're not renewable, and you get this beaver fur, and it's just as warm or warmer, and you just stick it in your glove, and when you're done, you use it again the next day. I've got a beaver hat that was made back in the '70s. It's not the best looking thing, <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. If you're chiseling ice like we used to, you take that hat off yeah, because you're sweating. You're too hot. Yeah. And it can be 20 below zero and you're hot. Yeah. It's something about that fur holds the heat, doesn't it? It sure does. It, it is incredible. And even rabbit fur is warm. Yeah, it is. It's just not as durable. Right. Yeah. It, it wears out quicker. Yeah. But you take that fluffy rabbit fur. They used to make a lot of gloves and line them with rabbit fur. They were warm. I wore a rabbit fur, a Mad Bomber hat in Alaska mm-hmm. when, I, when I went last winter. And uh, they made fun of me a little bit because the natives up there say that rabbits for women wear rabbit. Yeah. The men wear wolf. <laughs> they, they're probably right. Yeah, they're probably right. But it was all I could afford. Now I get a, I get a beaver hat now. And I get yeah, a, a bit of wolf well, hat. I, I get a Martin and a Fisher hat uh, that Josh made for me. So. Mm-hmm. That is that, that Fisher is hat must be some nice. It's yep. Yeah, it's um, the front is got Martin, and it's got Fisher on the ear. It's got ear flaps with Fisher on the side, and it's leather on the outside. And then the Martin's got a tail. The tail is going up, out the back. So yeah, it is. It's really warm. Did, what's he charged to have a hat made? Well, you got to be friends with him, and you don't have. To oh, he don't make him. To... <laughs> um, he's he's kind of just starting, so he. He made one for me, and I talked about it on the on the show. And then he had a couple people email him afterwards that were looking, and he's made one or two for people. But if guys, probably he'd make one if you send him if you some send extra him your furs fur, that he could use. If and, you send him your tan fur, he will make one. Yeah. I I don't know what you'd have to check on the cost. Mm. Or I could check on it. Hmm. But he does a good job. It's uh, and it, he uses this really. It's really good like durable leather mm. that goes on on the side that the fur is not on and then he's got like the inside the inside is uh, a fleece so it's really you know you're not rubbing up against anything rough or anything mm. yeah they're nice the mitts that he made out of beaver are that's the warmest 
my hands get cold easy, mm-hmm. and those are the warmest mitts I've ever wore. I bet. And they're they're oversized, and so you can have a pair of gloves on inside them, mm-hmm. and put that over. I was out checking ice fishermen all winter, and I wore those when it was cold enough. Some of the year, sometimes it was too hot. Yeah. But I, every time I pull up to somebody, they asked about those. And yes, said, sir. Yeah, they said Man, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, people. I think if more people. Uh, it is expensive, but but some people realize that if you get something good quality, it's expensive, but it's going to last you 20 yeah, years. And you're warm. <laughs> and you're warm. You can buy a $50, $60 pair of snowmobile gloves, and they don't last, and they're cold. Yeah. If you don't have the hand warmers yeah. <laughs> on the handlebars. So. Yeah, I like fur. I've always liked fur. I like those old guys that used to be in the books and you'd see them with coonskin caps on or beaver caps and stuff, but hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know what the fashion thing is going to do, if that's if that's ever going to come back or if it's just kind of slowly fading away, but there'll always be a use for fur where it's cold. It usually goes away for a while, then it comes back. New generation will take hold, and they they like it again. Have you ever seen it go away for this long? Oh yeah. 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 Back in the nineties, we were selling put up beaver for seven dollars. Really? Seven bucks for blankets. That was the average. Jeez. Didn't know if we was ever going to sell them again. Then by ninety four five, it started to creep up again. And then we thought we were done in the early 2000s, because the stock market crashed, remember? Yep, dot-com bubble, yeah. All of a sudden, fur took off even higher. <laughs> so you never know. I wouldn't be surprised to see it come back. I hope so. I hope it does. you got to look at it that way. I don't want to look at it saying, oh, it's gone forever. Yeah, a lot of people do, too. And they... Well, like Charlie's real down oh. in the dumps about everything, yeah. and you can't have that. I think you gotta be positive all the time. Yeah, if you're negative all the time, it's not. No, that's not good for you, and it's not good for everything else. So, yeah, stay positive. You know, even if you're wrong. Yeah, you <laughs> you're gonna be wrong. 50% of the time anyways, you might as well yeah, be wrong well once in a while. The, <laughs> the average of laws are... Yeah. Right? That's right. That's right. Hell, I've been wrong a lot in life, but it, I survived. <laughs> yeah. Well, you imagine if you were averaging $40 for these beaver right now. Mm, be nice. Yeah. And... The only thing bad about it, everybody you have trappers everywhere, everywhere stealing <laughs> stuff. And when fur was high, it was amazing how much fur you lost. Everybody knew somebody else had trapped, and they'd take a fisher out of a trap or a trap and all, you know. Yeah. And probably get a six pack of beer out of a three hundred dollar fisher. <laughs> right. You know. They didn't care. It didn't cost them anything. Didn't cost them nothing. It's amazing. We are lucky. We're lucky in that regard. We. And the other thing I like is the guys that are trapping 
still are the ones that do it because they love it. And they're the good guys that never touch nothing. Yep. They just go and do it. And I don't even look at a name tag. I will not even pick up a trap to look at a name tag. Yeah. I could care less. Some guys will screw around a half an hour to try to find <laughs> and try to put it back the way you had it, but yeah. still it's not the way it. If I, if it's a a Martin trap, if it's something that's pretty easy and it's mm. right there the chain, I look at it because I'm curious who's there. Yeah. But if it's something that you got to touch it, I don't touch it. No. No, it ain't worth it. No. But you know, I'll bet in the last 20 years, I've seen very few traps in the woods because I'm not even thinking about somebody else trapping unless I smell the scent. But yeah. If I smell something, I know somebody's around. <laughs> yeah. But I'm so busy getting those sets out to keep going, aren't you? Yeah. It takes a long day to... First three days of mountain season is the worst three days. I'd rather Especially in, now. Think of the pounds of boxes, those boxes that you hauled. You, you and had trying big... to get them set up right on a right log or something. That yeah. We thought it was hard to find a four-inch pole. To oh, I'd take, take that any day of the week now. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was easy. <laughs> You try to find the right height log, sort of protect it a little from snow, and something you can get it to set on good. Yeah. It's. Well, and you just hauling them in and out. The worst part is at the end of the season, and and you've got like I had two truckloads of boxes, and so I had to have two trips oh, yeah. out of the woods just to pull my boxes out. Are you supposed to have them pulled? Or? No, I don't know. I I'm not I'm not sure. There's never been anything specifically nothing said about it i've had some i've left in because i just couldn't get around oh down home i've got boxes everywhere that the reason i try to get them because the porcupines chew them up yeah they will do too but i leave the the box open so that they can eat whatever's in it get it cleaned out they'll chew on the wood oh yeah they'll gnaw right at it but i had fisher martin i had one martin that didn't get caught just right it was caught in the back end of it and it couldn't get out of the box with that trap but it chewed one side of it so the whole head was out of the box oh really and it disintegrated that box yeah and i think um there must be salt or something something from the your bait a lot of times that soaks into the wood and the porcupines will come and just tear it apart yeah and bears you don't even need bait on it. No, if they did bat it. <laughs> yep, they just, I remember that first year when I set those boxes out. I set out 60 of them before the season because I was all excited and I wanted to get out there. And when I went to start setting, 50% of those had been moved by bears. They'd been tipped over, they'd been drugged five, six feet. They'd, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I had some that were dragged out to the end of the wire that they were yep. wired to. Yep. Okay. What a mess. But this was a good year for bears. We didn't, I didn't have any bear problems this I year. I didn't. They went to bed early, which was good, but somebody said they see some tracks later, but they didn't bother me. There, I was talking to someone who had problems, but I can't remember who it was. But yeah, that was... Next year is going to be the problem. 
I, if I, part of me wants to not even set next year because <laughs> I know it's not going to be. <laughs> it was so good this year, and it's going to be the opposite next year. I've always thought if you could get on a snowmobile late middle of December and get on these groomed trails where it's easy to go, you could really catch some fur because yeah. easy to go, but you're back in away from everybody. And the, the trails are grown in a little better, like not like the big woods roads, you know, so they're, you could almost set right on the side of the trail. Mm. So you didn't have to wade in the snow. Yeah. Set before a big snowstorm and nobody even know you was trapping. Until you had to walk in to get... And it wouldn't take much to hide hide them there, because those guys are all going like a bad Oh, they never... Anyway. Most... <laughs> the only ones that would see it would be a warden. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe they drive too fast, too. Yeah, I don't... I don't. They don't have racing sleds, you know? They get Scandex and, yeah. and Expedition and stuff. But, boy, most everybody just... They, I don't understand it. It's like they, they want to go as fast as they can... I know, and see nothing. And see nothing. <laughs> it's unreal. And then they wonder why they get killed. Yeah. But. Take me and my little herbis, I'd get run over. <laughs> Tell us about the herbis. I, I've been asking you about this for a lot, cause it, a long time, because you told me about it last year. Mm. And the thing that got me was, okay, it's a 250, or it's a little tiny sled. Nine horsepower. It's electric start, four-stroke. And it's less than three thousand dollars new. A little, a uh, little more, twenty five hundred. So immediately, I thought, man, this is cool. So after you told me about it, I went out on YouTube and I started watching all the videos mm. and stuff. But uh, but I've never been on one. So the only thing you have to be careful of is deep snow. It don't have the power in when you're going in deep snow to go up hills. Like seems like the old skidoo nine horses, ten horse skidoos would go better yeah for some reason but they had better traction you think huh? did they have better traction i think they did yeah but maybe it's just me because it's been so long since i rode a skidoo that size you know <laughs> like the elan or the, or the, but i know the, years ago we'd get off in snowshoe a lot so the elan would go over those steep grades and yeah especially in new new trail but once you get a track this thing goes does it have reverse yes yeah it's got reverse. and it's the easiest shift in reverse i've ever seen in a sled really? there's no grinding it just goes back into reverse and you're in hmm. it's amazing how smooth it is yeah and it's push is a push button start key it's key and with it's, a with uh, a push button, and it also has a pull cord if you mm -hmm. need it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and you, it's hard for me to pull with my shoulder bad. Yeah. But if that sled has been running at all, just one little crank and that thing is no choke or nothing in them. There's no choke. There's not. Okay. No, there's something about those carburetors are computerized or something because you just pull it and. Brrr. So this is a Russian-made snowmobile. That's what they say. They, they developed them in Russia. And they, the people that developed these made racing bikes and for these, you know, these big 
like sand dune races and it and looks almost like a little motorcycle it does <laughs> it looks like a four-wheeler actually if you look straight at it yeah and i was hoping they they was talking about making a four-wheeler oh yeah similar to the same thing and i was hoping maybe they have i i don't get on the computer now how comfortable is that sitting on very comfortable it is yeah and the skis are wide and it's made that I think there's what, skis come off and it breaks in two in the middle, the piece. <laughs> really? So that you can put it in an SUV yeah. and haul it in the back of an SUV the way you want to go snowmobiling. <laughs> and a half an hour later, you're snowmobiling. That's crazy. Huh. Pretty neat. You had some issues in, in wet snow, you said? I had trouble with it this year in the real wet, wet snow on a warm day. It was building up in the track like any of them would, I guess, because it don't go so fast. Yeah, yeah. But you could feel it starting to lug down a little bit. I'd get out and kick the snow out, take a stick and just get the snow out and go five or six more miles. And yeah. And that's geared pretty low, like like a Bravo? or Pretty good, yeah. yeah. Is that, like, what's... Top end like thirty, mm. thirty five or something? I think top speed's around maybe twenty eight miles an hour, twenty seven, okay. twenty eight miles an hour. Huh. It's all in kilometers, so it's hard for me to yeah. figure it out. <laughs> so that's Urbis, I R B I S, I think. And I'm still looking. I might I might get I'd like to kinda see him out for a little longer, so if there's any issues with him I would I wish we had more of them so we'd have some dealerships that would work on them if something happens. Right. That's all. Yeah, I think there's only one place in Maine that sells them. Is that right? They say there is. And there's a, the distributor for the U.S. is somewhere in Minnesota or something. Yeah, the main distributor's out of Minnesota with the paperwork I got. Be a good little beaver. Could be a good old beaver trapping sled. I bought a windshield for it because they, they come with no windshield because I don't wear a helmet. I don't care for a helmet because you're not going fast anyways. Right. But I can't figure out how to get that windshield. It's it's a aftermarket windshield. It's supposed to fit, but there's no way that thing will fit on that. Huh. I got to redo it somehow and make some brackets so I can put yeah. it on. Yeah, you kind of kind of want to have a windshield. It breaks up. You you'll be surprised how cold they are. Because when you're sitting on them, you notice that the 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 cowling doesn't come around it. Oh, that's right. So you get you're all the air. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And with no windshield, you get it really bad. But the hand warmers, you turn them on hot. You turn them on low after okay, so a few miles because they really heat. Hmm. Got everything that the regular sleds have except. Sounds like it, yeah. I'm, I wonder what would break on them or what would be most likely that you'd have to work on. I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, you but I, I don't have a lot of miles on it because we haven't had the winters. And yeah. The snowmobile trail goes right through my property at the house and... I get on that, I can go easy as heck. And I have a field that goes down to it, downhill. 
So I tried it out. I'd go down first and then set over and come back up. And it, I'm, I'm light, but yeah. a bigger person would probably have a little trouble. Yeah, it's a small sled. Yeah. Nine horse ain't much. But it's a good little workhorse for what it, you know. Yeah. I haul wood out with it, firewood, with a, a real large otter sled. Yeah. One of them big otter sleds that yeah. I had for my tundra. Yeah. And, uh, hey, as long as I had a good trail, I'd go anywhere with it, out to the woods and go easy. That's the thing, that when they stopped making the Bravo and they stopped making the little single-cylinder tundra, nothing replaced them. And so maybe this maybe this is an option mm. now. But maybe them guys up in Alaska will start. 300 pounds or less, so that if you do get stuck, you can pick it up, set it over. That's what but I, with the reverse, you don't get stuck because you can back up. Now the track, though, the track isn't very big. No, it's 15 inch. And it's not that long, is it? Well, it's not a long, long track, but it's a pretty good. Yeah. I, I don't know. I forgot what the length of them are. I'd say like probably the old Elands were. Yeah. The Bravos were a good sled, too. Yeah. And I guess they stopped making them. I want to say 2004, maybe. Because that's what the Alaskans went to, was the Bravo at the end, and then they stopped making that. Yeah, that was a good sled. Because I had one from Alaska, and it had two tanks in it. All the sleds up there, they put two tanks in them. Was that like a 2002, maybe? Yeah, it was... A guy bought that, he was up there caribou hunting, just to bring his caribou out. Yeah. And it had less than, I don't know, when I bought it, it, like two or three hundred miles on it was all it had. I bought one in Montana, and, and I used it to trap Martin up in the mountains there. The problem we got was the, the, the way the weather was there, it was so windy, and they get these south winds, and on those old logging roads, mining roads that you'd go way up on the mountains on the sled, the wind would blow all the corners of the road that was open. They would blow that down to dirt and rocks. And so you'd ruin a sled because you'd come through, you'd have three feet of snow, and then you'd have dirt. And it, so it was just, it was hard to use very much. So I didn't use it all that. I didn't use it a whole lot. But I loved the sled, and I thought this would be a perfect sled for Maine. Mm. Well, when I came to move back, I couldn't fit it in the U-Haul. <laughs> so I put that up for sale, and I I had to keep dropping the price and dropping the price because they don't, they don't snowmobile much there. No. They don't get the snow we get. And I sold it, and I lost money on it. And a guy was actually from Colorado, and he was heading up to Alaska to work. And he, he brought it with him. He said, I'm going to sell this for twice as much as what I'm paying you. <laughs> Make you feel good. But I, boy, I wish I would have brought that sled back to Maine with me. That would have been just, it was one of the last years they made the Bravo. Mm. It was that long track. It That's was, what I had. It had the two tanks, it had the two gas tanks on it. It was just a But I, th- when I bought it, I thought I could put a reverse kit in it. You couldn't. Really? Yeah, I've never seen them with reverse. No, you couldn't put it. Somehow, the way they were built, you couldn't put a reverse kit in them. Did yours have, they had this uh, rack going all the way around the calendar, mm-hmm. and you could grab that just about oh, anywhere yeah. and just 
pull that sled anywhere you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't weigh more than, what, 350? Yeah, it couldn't have been more. I don't think. They were light. The one but I they get, were workhorse. I got another one now. It's a, but it, the problem is it's an eighty-eight. <laughs> it's a nice sled. To get but it's, for. Yeah, and it breaks more. It's it's just got more, more time on it, more wear. Yeah. But they're a good sled. I just wouldn't go more than ten miles from the truck with them. Yeah. Are we going right up to the end of the season? Yep. Oh yeah. Play around. Still got half a month left. <laughs> it doesn't. It just doesn't seem Last right. Last seven or eight years up here, I've only had nine to eleven nights. Yeah, that's right. You know, and that's what you've had so far, pretty much, huh? So I'm gonna make the most of it this year. Yeah, you never know how many more years you can do. That's it. right. I know I'm not going to be able to do it much longer because <laughs> getting to be old news. Well, the yeah, the big problem here is you don't have a skinner. Maybe you could come back as a skinner if you had to. I would. I think I, I could do a good job. Yeah. You just ride. You wouldn't have to set all the time, but you could ride around and check sets. And, yeah. yeah. Teach them what they're doing wrong so they'd catch more so I'd have to skin more. Oh, you'd get frustrated and you'd be out there setting. Oh, so. yeah. I can actually set easier than I can skin because my hands are so arthritis in them. Oh, yeah. But you know I'm having a hard job to set those TS traps this year. Really? And I always set those them. Those are an easy setting trap. I always set them so easy and I'm having a hard job to push down and set really? You can always use your feet. Well, it's hard because those springs come up so damn. I think I think I'm gonna take and see if they make if one of those trap setters that they make for body like trap, like the MB five or MB seven fifties. Well, those you have tools. That, yeah, but yeah. they make a trap setter for coil for spring coil traps. springs. Okay, and I, I think that might work. A rig one up somehow it would work. Yeah, when right. your hands get arthritis, you can't, you lose your strength, and my shoulders are bad, yeah. so that it's hard for me to push. I always set them on right on my on leg, knee. yeah, you know, not my knee, but my leg. Okay, They'd stand straight up, and yeah, they would flop right down there so easy. Yeah, and now I can't seem to push them hard enough. Huh. It takes extra. I do it, but. I'm just worried I'll get both thumbs caught some day and I can't get out of the thing. Did you ever hear the story, the guy that got caught in a bear trap? So I was, I, I, I republished this old thing from, Man, remember Manly Hardy? Mm-hmm. Um, he had that a fall fur hunt in Maine where he, in the 18, 1859, they went up around Cockmagomic mm-hmm. and they trapped and built the camp and all. Have you, you read that? Yeah, it is. It is an awesome story. They trapped. They were trapping Martin and Fisher with deadfalls. They were. They carve and make great. Oh, is that the old guy from? He's a fur buyer from Brewer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Manly hottie. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Danny's got the book. Yeah. I call Danny Wagner Manly. <laughs> <laughs> so he was in part of that trip. He almost got caught in a bear trap. Oh, he did. They had set. 
because he he was uh, he was figuring around with it and he slipped and he started to fall toward it and he caught himself and it it set off but it didn't he wasn't over it when it set Easy. off well he said um, Bill Crone the professor at the university who who put together that book he wrote in the notes he said there was a news article from that a few years before that. From a guy in the Brownville area who went out in the woods to trap one fall and he never came back. The next spring or summer, they found him both hands in a bear trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be pretty, that's pretty scary. Yep. It can happen. OTS is a strong, and if you've got your hands in it just right somehow you slipped or something so you couldn't yeah you yeah you'd have it you might have a hard time getting it yeah jeff would come find you in a couple days oh yeah <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know you just if you had your bag out and everything and you had it wired that's what i'd worry about yeah yeah i don't think i could chew the wire with my false teeth and uh <laughs> The bag I could probably pull up, but I think I'd be better off to go down the bag like a bee and just drown. <laughs> a good way to end it. <laughs> hey, I've I've done it to enough of them. Now they're getting even. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for tonight's episode. It is interesting that Billy mentioned having trouble setting those TS-85s by hand as he's getting older you know and things are getting the uh, hands aren't quite as strong and everything uh tonight's cots brothers message of the week is that they just developed a pair of setters for the ts85 so these things uh after uh, popular demand a bunch of people like billy were were uh, feeling similarly that you know they're not they're they're a relatively easy trap to set but when you do it 80 times a day and or if you're getting a little older you know you you're having you're just, you know, a little arthritis or something. This makes it so much easier. So go to cotsbros.com and check out the TS-85 setters. They are a brand new product. They're painted orange. So they are going to be pretty easy to find if you set them in the in the brush uh, uh, while you're making a set. And it looks like they just slide right over the levers. I, I still, I get to order some here pretty soon. Get I might actually, I'll probably just buy a couple pairs and give one to Billy. But you, it looks like you slide them right over the tops of the levers and just down you go, set the trap, have a nice day. So that and other things from Cots Bros, you can check them out at CotsBros.com and thank them for supporting the podcast. And like I mentioned earlier, Kyle has been telling me prices are going up on things. It's just uh, the nature of the beast. Every Inflation is happening. Everything is harder to get. Steel prices are going up. So uh, supplies are the whole supply chain is is kind of been disrupted with this COVID thing, and now that we're coming out of it, and people are getting back and consuming, and it's just uh, hard to get restocked in things. And as as these supply dealers start restocking, their supplies are coming in at higher prices, and so they're going to have to pass those on to consumers. So we're going to see higher prices. I would I would suggest that if you're looking to get trapping supplies for next year, you might want to stock up right now. So anyways, guys, thank you for listening in again. And 
Till next time, keep on talking trapping, keep on thinking trapping. We'll catch you on the next episode.